Cindy Duke is mother to a beautiful daughter, owner of a hair salon in Ireland, and a facilitator of access consciousness body processes, bars, and facelift. A few years back, Cindy's brother was brutally murdered. From the time Cindy's brother was little, she knew he would not be on the planet for very long. Grateful for the 27 years she had him physically in her life, and also relieved that he was no longer suffering when he was gone. Join Cindy and me as she vulnerably speaks of this experience and her very different way of being with this topic in this episode of Guilty of Heresy, I Always Knew. Cindy, if you could start at the beginning with little Cindy, yeah. tell us a little bit about where you were born, where you grew up, and a little bit about your family. Okay, so I was born in Ireland in Bandon in Cork, a small town, and I grew up in a council estate with my mom, uh, my brother, and my two sisters. So I suppose we, I thought we had a great life because it's all I ever knew, but in later years now I realize I suppose we were extremely poor and didn't have what a lot of other people had but made the best of what we had at the time my brother was older I was the oldest girl and I had two younger sisters okay so tell me about your brother so he was you were the second born so you were the I'm sure the the shiny new toy as a little sister how much older was he so, than so he's three years older than me um and I wouldn't say we would have had a great relationship growing up. Um, we do know, but like when we were younger, I suppose I never understood him. I always wanted him to be something different than what he actually was, along yeah. with the rest of the world. Yes. Say yeah. more about that. So when you... What was it that you desired to see in the world in particular that you was confusing to you because you didn't see it? Yeah. So I knew like I could see this shining bright light within him, kindness, caring, adored my mom, adored us, a great way with us. But once he left our house and he went out into the world, he was perceived and I would say acted a different person. And a lot of maybe drugs and alcohol were involved. And there was maybe many, but two Jonathans in my eyes. So he was Jonathan to us, his family, but to the world, he was Juki. Hmm. And uh, there were different personalities, would you say? With, yeah. If I understand you correctly. Did we you ever see Johnny, but nobody else? Yeah. Did you ever get glimpses of the other I did, yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah, because I suppose we hung up, uh, we grew up and we both hung out in the estate and it was rough, like you have to look after yourself, you have to be tough, you have to fight and so we would cross paths in that sense and I always just used to say, that is not my brother. Mm. No, he didn't do that. No, that wasn't him and, you know, um, I was supposed I was very... I couldn't connect the two. Yes. 
Uh, yeah. I just, I just wanted to see my Jonathan. Well, and I would imagine if it was such a drastic difference, it's hard to reconcile it in your head. Yeah. 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 But especially when you're young. Yeah. And I, my dad wasn't around, so he was the only example I had of a man. Yeah. But it confused me. And still to this day, I'm a bit confused on that. <laughs> yeah. So do you remember how old you were when you started to see, wow, there's two different sides going on here? Yeah, I would say I was, I would say teenager is as far back as I can remember anyway. Yes. So um, I would say 12, 13, about that age. When yes. I started to go to school and I started to have mannerisms and behaviors and some people would point out they weren't like everyone else's or they were maybe bullying. And I was like, what? I was so, so then I started to look at myself, my life, my family, my personality traits. And I was like, okay, it, it's a bit different. Hmm. Yeah. So tell me about leading up to the phone call that you received, cause we've had this conversation before, so I'm filling in a little gaps, but you, you received a phone call um, with yeah. somebody asking if you'd seen your brother. So can you talk a little bit about like how things were with him, with you and his life prior to that phone call. And then what occurred when you received the phone call? So it was continuous in and out of um, detention centers, prison, never for anything to anyone else, but himself, really nothing ever too serious, just lost. And um. It was always stress. It was always worry. It was always, where is he? What's he doing? What's happening? And so it was always on edge expecting a call. I always expected something. But um, before the phone call that we're speaking of a few years previous, I had another phone call saying that he had fallen 40 foot out a window of an apartment block and he was in a coma. He was there all night. And so he came through that. We thought he, he was gone then and learned how to walk, talk, come back to us, some form wow. of him. So do you know what happened? I mean, what was, was it a drug related thing? Was what occurred so when he fell out the window? It was like, through all the madness, this time he was just putting his runners out in the window ledge so they wouldn't be stinky. And he so fell. Wow. Yeah, he fell. So um, that was really tough. And I wouldn't have had the best relationship with him. But at that time, he chose me to help him walk, talk, feed him, Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. And I was like, OK. And so we kind of built our relationship then. And it was probably a lovely few years of him. He was more vulnerable. He was different. He he had to protect himself more from the world. His life was different. And then it was three years into his recovery, say, um, I got a phone call off one of my friends saying, where's your brother? And I said, um, I hope he's in his apartment. But I knew it was yeah. different to the many phone calls I got all through the years, even when he fell out the window. I knew this energy of this phone call. I was like, he's gone. He's yeah. left this, his body, this world. Yeah. So when we talked another time, you said to me that 
what you said now, you knew, and you also said you weren't surprised that somewhere far back, and tell me if I'm misquoting this, but quite a while before all of this, you had a sense he wasn't going to be on the earth all that long. I always knew. I always knew when I used to make, I used to make up scenarios in my head. What will it be? Will it be cancer? Will it be this? Will it be that? I used to try to rationalize it in my head, my awareness, but yeah. I couldn't obviously, cause I was just going from the past. Um, but eventually he was murdered. So can you tell more? So from the moment you got the phone call, somebody yeah. asking, where is he? Have you seen him? And you knowing just, yeah. Just that knowing of, yeah, he's not here. Where did, what happened after that? So I was in bed. I had an early night and my sister was in bed next to me. We shared a room because our house was teeny tiny. And my mom was at work in a Chinese restaurant and my little sister was in her dad's house. So I just thought I want to pull the covers up over my head, not go through with this and pretend it's not happening. Mm. But I thought, I don't want to leave this for my sisters to do. I don't want to leave this for my mom to do. I'm going to get up and investigate. So I I explained a little bit to my sister in the bed. I left and I drove to his apartment, looking in the black window, knowing he wasn't there, but doing the actions I should do. Right. And I rang a few people and then I said, I'm going to go to the Chinese restaurant where my mom is working and be with her because from what I had been told, my brother was thrown into the river a couple of meters away from her. And she didn't know. Wow. So I wanted to be with her. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So when you went to see your mom, yeah. she hadn't heard anything at this time or had you already spoken to her about him missing? No, I hadn't. I always had a sense to protect my mom. Yeah. So I didn't tell her. And there was guards everywhere. She knew there was something going on. And within her, she knew too. I yeah. knew that well. she knew. And... She had closed the restaurant and she was running around with orders and doing things like so unnecessary things, emptying bins in front of me. And I could just see a panicked woman looking to keep busy. So I just sat there and I was just with her and we I, we, we didn't speak. I just we just waited. Wow. So where were you when you found what actually had occurred? And tell me about that moment for you receiving the information. So I I was as if I already had the information, really, to be honest, because we were right by him. He was right there. Um, I kind of got a little bit of information on the phone. So the guards came over. They knew my mom. We were well known and banned in our whole lives because of my brother and his colorful past. <laughs> so they knew how to find us without even trying to find us. Yeah. And they opened the door and came over and they their whole life had been I would say against my brother and fought against him and there'd been many everything but they were even devastated so they relayed the information that he had gone into the exact apartment that he had fell out the window three years previous and been in a coma even though it wasn't his apartment and it was different circumstances he was in there with two friends, a man and a woman, and they turned on him and extremely violently murdered him. And we, they didn't necessarily tell us all that information, but when they told us the name of the people, we kind of already knew that yeah. it would be that way. Yeah. 
then um, disposed of him in the river after. So, and I, this is probably a hard question and, and maybe even hard to answer because I can imagine, I haven't had something like that occur to me, but I can imagine that trying to catch up to yeah. what you're living takes a minute because it's, yeah. I would say it took me, like the trial has was only settled there a few weeks ago, 11, 12, 13 years on. It went on and on and retrialed. And it was so, so I would say when it settled, maybe with me and my sisters, my mom has since passed too. The trial ended and we let it go. Yeah. So it did take a lot of processing. So talk about that letting go part, because I, I get when a family member is killed, yeah. the desire for wanting somebody to pay or not knowing how to actually move on. I think, um, I think it's a heretical point of view mm-hmm. that it's okay to still have to still be happy and have a life after mm-hmm. something like that. You're supposed to suffer forever or joy is no longer really allowed to be in your world. So can you talk about how did you move through that to being able to actually say the words and mean them? Yeah. Uh, we let it go. Well, I wouldn't say my sister or my mom would say these words even now or ever. I would say part of it contributed to my mom also leaving. But I would say instantaneously, I felt a sense of relief in my world. I felt my brother's relief, my mother's, my family, everyone we knew that he was safe, even though he wasn't safe, but he was always unsafe in his head and our heads. Um, So straight away, I felt very different than anyone around me. I remember looking around me at at our house and the funeral, and I remember everyone couldn't eat, they couldn't sleep, they couldn't stop crying. I was eating, I was sleeping. I was just looking around saying, okay, maybe I should act a little more upset. I just always from the get-go looked at it different. Now, I did have moments of, like, outbursts of anger maybe and things towards the the girl and the boy but I knew it wasn't really real like I knew nothing I held in me against them would change anything there was no going back you you just said a really important piece that nothing holding against them wouldn't change anything going back and that's a really I get a challenging place for people to get to in this kind of situation. And if you don't get there, then you don't actually ever get to move beyond it. And the reality is it wasn't going to change. And I also really would love to highlight what you said throughout the conversation, um, two things about somewhere you always knew Yeah. that when it finally occurred, and I say finally quotes, yeah. the relief, because Tell me if if this is correct, if I'm hearing you correct. Somewhere there was always an unsettled in his world of being here on the planet that he just couldn't sort out. And that was gone when he no longer was here in physical form. Yeah, it was, it was gone. Like the energy changed from the second I got that phone call. 
in my world and I could perceive in his world my mom's everyone's there was this crazy turmoil going on but it was there was a it was there was a settled energy of oh yeah do you know I've heard many people different situations uh, whether it's a suicide or someone dying unexpected of a heart attack or being killed I I hear many people say that very thing you just said Cindy was somewhere I knew they often say I didn't think it would occur this way I thought it was going to be another way but somewhere I knew I could have never comprehended it to have occurred how it did because it was so brutal brutal um but I don't like I still don't even like look at that I don't go into the pain I don't go into the blood into the gory I just look at the energy of my brother now and I I just I'm like he's free Mm. yeah and that means me yeah so if somebody is facing this sort of a thing and they're like wow I would love to be there but I can't stop replaying this in my head and I really want the assholes that, you know, to pay or whatever, what were some of the, you, you had a knowing that was there forever. So, I mean, and clearly acknowledging that you knew that rather than listening to everybody else who was saying you shouldn't eat, you shouldn't sleep, you should be sad. And you going, yeah, but I perceive my brother. So it seems you gave yourself permission to know what you knew about it. Yeah. I did. And then what else would you say to somebody to sort of navigate those waters? So I would say like no amount of guilt or shame or blame or regret is going to change anything. In fact, it's going to anchor you to the point of death yourself or to be stuck in something, a loop of something that's not, never going to create greater in your life. Um you just like allow yourself to be with what comes up for you even as strange or and as weird as it is you don't have to admit to the world I feel relief in fact I didn't admit it to my family or my sisters or my mom but you can say it to yourself or you can say it to if you have somebody open that holds a space like Marnie in your life it's okay to to feel whatever you're feeling, whatever's coming up. Thank you for that. And really beautifully said, and I really love what you said. You don't have to say it to anyone else and, and know when you can't say it to anyone else, because they'll make you wrong for it. They're going to process it, how they process it, let them, Yeah. but you can have your own way with it and you can know it for yourself. Beautifully said. And yeah, what an invitation to something different. Yeah, very. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So in just wrapping this up, Cindy, any any other things that you would like to say either about your brother or to somebody listening or part of your process that we haven't hit on? Um, like I do know that what is within you is what you will show to the world and what the world will show back to you. And if you are constantly judging yourself um, or thinking, putting yourself down or thinking you deserve things or you're a shitty person, 
that's what the world will show you. So I would just urge anybody to look within and heal themselves as much as they could and just create a lightness in your world that you can just truly be you and enjoy life to the best of your ability instead of dwelling on stuff that really is not important. Thank you. Very beautifully said. So to all of you listening, thank you for listening. And whatever stories, experiences in your world that are similar to Cindy's in one way or another, I just encourage you to listen and re-listen there's a lot of gems in what she said, offering a different possibility, just like a good heretic, very, very profoundly at odds from what most of the world says. And are you willing to see things the way that you see them? Because therein lies the freedom. So thank you, Cindy, very much for joining. Thank you, everybody for listening and look forward to next time.